there's probably enough. Let's actually roll the intro and get going into this thing. So, hey, everyone. Officially happy Friday. Um, Hope you had a good one. Welcome to the Digital Cash Rundown number 111. 111 weeks, almost in a row, that I've been doing this specific news show. And um, I'm joined by the one and only Sylvain Cloutier. How's it going, man? Good. Yeah, thanks for having me again. Yeah, pleasure. And yeah, another, uh, like we <laughs> said before, like another crazy week. And glad to be here to, to finish off the week. And also, uh, yeah, looking forward for your next uh, show afterwards with uh, Naomi. So I've got, uh, I'll try to entertain you as much as she will be able to, but we'll mm-hmm. see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, very different, very different things. I'm sure her yeah. thing is a lot more going to be like a, a serious thing of like, oh, what do you think about this? How about this? And whereas this is more yeah. just like friendly talking smack about the headlines. So reminder that there's a, um, if you have an NFT of mine and you can go into the the super chat, the NFT super chat, digital cash rundown in my Discord, and leave comments, and we will we'll read those off. Uh, for everyone else, have fun staying poor, I guess. Um, but we <laughs> will um, we will start with the first story, which is big on my on my kind of radar, especially this time. Was the SEC right? So just the tweet I put up is the the SEC um, tweeted today. We charged crypto asset trading platform Bitrix. Incorporated and its co-founder and former CEO William Shihara for operating an unregistered national securities exchange broker and clearing agency, and their reasoning for doing this—that it was an unregistered securities uh, broker—they said that they were selling unregistered securities, and the the they named like six tokens in particular had some detail on those, and two of them they people would rec- the rest no one really cares about but the two that people recognize are algorand and dash and their cases on those were ex- in i didn't really read the algo one too much but the case for the dash one i'm extremely familiar with over the years and it's extremely mm-hmm. weak and they even got the name of the big to dis- the the development the core development team they got wrong called dash control group instead of dash core group and I don't know how you make such a dumb mistake in a lawsuit. Like that's like, that's like leaving off a zero on your taxes. It's just like, how do you do this? This is crazy. So uh, I want (laughs) to, what's your take on this whole thing? Yeah, that's, uh, I don't know. It seems like it, uh, it came out of nowhere. I don't know. It's, uh, well, I guess it came out of nowhere, but I guess not surprised on the fact that, you know, they had decided to leave the United States, like they announced it before it actually happened. So I think something was brewing or they probably heard of it. They probably in the last few months, they were probably asked like paperwork and so on. So I think that kind of they, they they did it just in time or something like that. But yeah, besides that, uh, yeah, the different points I, I've, you know, obviously in the Dash community as well. So I've looked at the different points this week on uh, Discord, and it seems like, you know, it's kind of shaky. And again, like you mentioned, with the the, the Dash Control Group, <laughs> which will probably be a meme out of itself mm-hmm. now. It's kind of weak, and obviously, for you know, to go to court, it's kind of a you need to use the right terms, you know, to 
if you wish yeah. to uh, nail someone, you need to, you, you can't just like, oh, well, it's the same thing. Well, no, it's not the same thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's kind of. Yeah, the funny thing about this is they, um, they're they not suing, like, I'm sure they got the name of, like, Bitrix and all the people involved correct. And the Dash and Algorand other stuff is just, like, supplemental information where they're like, oh, by the way, this is this is some of our evidence that points towards this. So they're not actually suing, you know, either of those. And one thing that's been very strange with the SEC, and I'll, I'll, I guess I'll get this out of the way. I've said it a thousand times, I'm sure. The SEC, when they sued a library, which I've covered pretty extensively on this channel, um, they sued Library Inc., the company, for selling unregistered securities, being the library token. However, they explicitly never asked and asked the judge not to even rule on whether the library token itself is a security. And it's the same thing with Bitrix, except they're not even going after anything Dash related. They're just saying Bitrix sold illegal securities, illegally sold securities, and here's kind of some of the examples, but they're not at all alleging anything about Dash in particular outside of that case. And they're not going after anyone in Dash or any other exchanges as far as I know, like Coinbase. Coinbase has been doing this wrong Coinbase is going to be coming up in the, the news and yeah, the articles in just a second. So it's this weird situation where, uh, in my opinion, they are trying to, they being the SEC, they're trying to either force out, like force all these crypto exchanges out of the US and having banks and other already registered securities exchanges take the place of crypto uh, exchanges or they're trying to get every single crypto exchange to register as a securities exchange. And they, rather than go asset by asset or give a base criteria for, you know, that is open to scrutiny, by the way, to show what is a security and what isn't. They're just trying to like force everyone to register as a security and then just not have to come up with any kind of actual rules as, as to what is or isn't or come up with them later. Yeah, and, and it seems like they're just like I think they're making their. It's, it looks like they're making the rules as they go type thing, right? Um, they're just gonna and why not? You know, like I know they've probably included other cryptos in that. You know, when they talked about Bitrex, but I'm sure if they're putting Dash in that basket, there should be like a, a shit ton of them. You know, in yeah. that same one, not just like a, oh, let's pick this one, that one, and oh yeah, that's good, right? Um, so they should probably, you know, like there's got to be some like strict rules to, because then you look at reason, and then you're like, well, if Dash security, then XRP already lost their 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 case then, because they're definitely one yeah. if Dash is one. So you're like. Bitcoin what too, though. I think there's actually a stronger case that Bitcoin is because um, I put up on the screen a thread by the, yeah. the Dash underscore community Twitter handle that goes through the whole thing about that. And it's basically the the way they say something is, is a security is if someone's going to buy it and have an expectation of profit through the efforts of others. And now, first of all, Dash is not a expectation of profit kind of a coin. It's just like, this is money. You get, get to transact as a transaction tool. And you, as a Dash holder, can vote on its direction and figure out how it goes. And so there's no others. It's you. You join and you have an expectation of improving, developing, whatever, 
on you. The difference with Bitcoin, first of all, Bitcoin is heavily marketed as an investment and not as a transactional tool. So the expectation of profit from buying Bitcoin versus buying Dash is very different. Also, uh, there is like the Dash core developers, I don't know what the makeup is like today, but for many years was they were funded primarily by a company called Blockstream and a company that could not be fired by, you know, you can't just like fire people like that. It, it's you can in Dash, but yeah. you cannot in Bitcoin. So it could be very much argued that Blockstream was selling illegal securities by developing <laughs> the protocol and then selling yeah. Bitcoin or not. I'm not sure about it, like literally selling Bitcoin, but like marketing Bitcoin. And so yeah. it's, it's a stronger case for that, but more importantly, it's just like a ridiculous case. And that's kind of highlighted in this next little uh, thing yeah. there, which is the uh, the Gary Gensler. Did you see the parody video where he's where you're seeing how he's deciding what is what's a security and what isn't? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've seen that one. I was actually uh, laughing. You know, sometimes we put like lol or whatever, but I for the, for that one, I was actually laughing about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dash there, it's like. <laughs> Yeah, that was and then uh, library, and then he throws an axe and accidentally like hits the very edge of the Ethereum one. Is like, oh, is that yeah. security or not? And he's just saying like, we'll we'll make them figure it out. <laughs> it's yeah, just like, sounds like a great plan. Yeah, it's it's um pretty insane. Yeah. And then you sent this one to me here about um the USC the US SEC warns advisors they need to know crypto before recommending to clients. Brokers mm. and investment advisors have to understand crypto and ensure it's in its clients' best interest before pitching investments, the SEC staff said in a bulletin. Yeah. Which I mean that actually yeah. sounds kind of reasonable, but I you know that because it's the SEC, they're not they're going to just use it to sue everyone who's like a small independent, you know, investment advisor and not a yeah. you know, a giant firm. Yeah, it's funny that they're, or now that they're, like you said, like recommending BTC or being like, oh, it's that's a commodity or whatever, or like mm -hmm. that could be security as well. Because obviously someone that's going to go see an advisor and then the advisor, let's say he knows Bitcoin, he's going to recommend it to you and and he's all like qualified and everything. Uh, but if he's going to recommended to you is because he expects some kind of profit out of it yeah i'm just recommending that for you to lose your money yeah so it's just just take that one you'll just you lose your money but that's fine right you know like they, mm -hmm. they're not going after that attitude so obviously they're expecting some kind of return of profit out of it you know what i mean so a case could be made there like you said right uh, yeah but, and the thing about like the securities thing um i don't know if there's been a single again I have to do research. I don't think there's been a single cryptocurrency that the SEC has said definitively is a security. They've classified it as one. Um, they they sued Library Inc. over selling it as a security, but did not allege it was a security. And then the same thing with Bittrex and all the others. And so they also sued... Uh, EOS back in the day, and EOS paid like a big fine, very small compared to how much they did for their ICL, right? You did a securities offering, okay, whatever. But they didn't declare the EOS token, the actual coin, a security. So I can easily see this where you have, like, for example, Corey uh, 
Clipston, who's the guy from like Swan Bitcoin. He's like an angry, evil Maxi, just shouting at everyone all the time. And he's always saying, just buy Bitcoin, that's it, buy Bitcoin. And his company, Swan Bitcoin, does sell Bitcoin. And it's not a registered securities exchange. So they could sue Swan Bitcoin, for example. I'm not picking as much as I don't like that guy and I don't like Swan Bitcoin. I'm not specifically picking on them, <laughs> but someone like that, they could sue them and say, you are selling unregistered securities by selling people Bitcoin. Bitcoin's not an unregistered securities, but you're still selling one. And based on their pattern, yeah. they can do that. So I think that that's what like the maximalists are saying. You're never going to get Bitcoin. Well, first of all, they can yeah. by their criteria. But also, I don't think they have to. They'll just go after everyone who's selling Bitcoin as a security without calling Bitcoin a security. So, yeah, there's no, no time for gloating on that kind of stuff. No. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's um, but I think they are gonna come up with like something specific, and then obviously apply that throughout. Or like they they have to stop like just making it as it goes, and you know they really have to sit down and because now Bitrex. So what about the other ones? Like I'm I'm trying to remember. Like so I think Binance US are still there. I think so. Um, but other like well, Poloniex are probably left at this point. I think. Um, so there's probably a bunch of them that, well, if you go after Bittrex now, can you go after other ones like Coinbase and, and yeah, so on? Like, I, really like, as well. I really like how you set that one up because guess what the next story is? <laughs> so <laughs> I just showed a, a tweet from uh, Ryan Sean Adams, who's one of the bankless people or bankless, whatever. Um, he says, Coinbase getting a Bermuda license. Cool, Gary. You're driving all the exchanges offshore. Go America. And that's exactly it. So Coinbase is going after a Bermuda license, or it got a Bermuda license, um, and has been kind of actively running all over the place, trying to find, uh, basically testing the regulatory waters in other places. And so, for example, um, there's another tweet I put up from Brian Armstrong, the um, CEO or founder of Coinbase, saying, uh, great meeting today with UK economic security or economic secretary and city minister uk is moving fast on sensible crypto regulation to both drive economic growth and consumer protection excited to keep investing in the uk so they're doing business with the uk right and then here brian armstrong quote tweeted a tweet that said how is it even legal for the government to approve coinbase to go public then to come back years later and say they're operating illegally why was I allowed to buy the stock then? It's not like they changed how they operated since they were approved. And Brian mm -hmm. Armstrong said, it's a great question. Being very vocal <laughs> on this whole stuff. And then, um, let's see. <clears throat> Finally, for these two things here, he said, spent, he tweeted, spent the day in D.C. meeting with members of Congress. We need regulatory clarity for the U.S., for the centralized players in crypto, blah, 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 blah. He says, the, the SEC has caused untold harm to America with its policy of regulation by enforcement. We will fight to fix that. So he's meeting with, you know, reg, with actual legislators for this. And then the final thing, and this was today, he, he tweeted, actually just a couple hours, he says, met with the SEC today. We'll continue to push for a clear rule book in the U.S. for crypto regs. The U.S. can't afford to fall behind. It's also important for regulators to set policy and then enforce it not start with the enforcement before there are clear rules. At this point, it seems like Congress will need to step in. So he's going on all, he's firing all cylinders. He's a smart man 
who's made a lot of money on a very viable mm-hmm. business that lots of people use. And he's starting to see it's untenable to work. So I think what he's doing is he's pushing everything he can to get the SEC <clears throat> reined in and get a good, I guess, framework for regulation in the U.S. that's easy to deal with, that lets businesses like his thrive. And he's pushing as hard as he can. He's also going to the SEC and saying, look, we don't have to be here. <laughs> like, we just got our Bermuda license. We are talking to the UK. We like the EU, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. We don't need to be here. We can just cut our losses and take off. And we're pushing for Congress to kind of screw your day up. <laughs> so are you going to like yeah. last war? It's almost like a warning, like meeting with the SEC, which he has criticized like through this whole thing. And then he, Finally, when he meets with them, he says, we might need Congress to step in. <laughs> in other words, like it's <laughs> war. So um, yeah. what is your prediction? Do you think he's going to get his way? Do you think that the SEC is either going to back off voluntarily? <clears throat> Do you think Congress is going to come up with some legislation that restrains the SEC, such as the there's a bill in right now, I believe, to or it's being drafted to fire Gary Gensler and stuff like that, <laughs> or do you think it's just n- not going to go anywhere and Squidbase and other big players are just going to leave the U.S. entirely? What are you betting on? Yeah, uh, whew, that's a good, that's a tough one, but I don't know. I, I have the feeling that they they're going to keep ramping up. Uh, you know regulations at this point and we're probably going to end up seeing them leaving the u.s but hopefully i'm wrong i guess in that sense and that they find some kind of compromise but then you know why not you know so now bitrix had already left at that point so like what's the i don't know it seems like they're going all in on that plan i don't know for what reason it's obviously setting like the u.s back a little bit and you know they're not being competitive in, in the world and you know and i thought you know uh, europe had some policies on their side as well maybe they're they're tackling a bit more the stable coins as opposed to like um the 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 exchanges in general but yeah i, I think they're it seems like they're still going after it especially with their plan of cbdc's or whatever the case that might be called and um planning this i don't know uh, what do you think on your on your end? Yeah, I I have to say I don't know. I do know th- on the more macro thing. I know crypto is too big to fail at this point. I know the decentralized part is definitely too big to fail. The centralized part could have some issues, but I think that there's it's gotten big enough to where there's enough jurisdictions that will take any crypto company that brings a lot of money into it. I mean, see what happened in El Salvador, right? They did this whole like Bitcoin legalization stuff, which, you know, has it led to a lot of actual Bitcoin usage? Probably not that much, but what it has led to is a large capital influx into the country. A lot of foreign investment has seen this as a friendly step. And I think that other countries don't need to do this whole like legal tender nonsense to, to attract that kind of, capital and if there's all this u.s capital that's just waiting to go somewhere else i think it will go somewhere else and they will find a way to make it work um so i think it's gonna be fine either way for crypto it just might be really hard for the u.s so i have i'm honestly feeling op 
just got to be very careful with how I say this, right? To be, <laughs> make sure people don't say, you're wrong later. You know, I got to. Yeah, you're wrong. Here's the recording. I could be wrong. I'm fine with being wrong. But like, I do believe yeah. that crypto will be fine in the U.S. in the or in the territories that are considered the U.S. today in the future. Like within the next 10 years, they will be fine. Now, what I don't know is, first of all, I, I don't think that like the things that uh, like Coinbase is complaining about, I don't think they're going to get resolved in the next couple of years. Like, because I just know government is slow moving and the U.S. government of all the governments in the world thinks it's really untouchable. So I can't really see them changing. Oh, no, no, it's okay. Come back, Coinbase. Like, I mean, I, they'll eventually do that, but I don't think that's going to happen next couple of years. So mm-hmm. probably stuff is going to get chased out. Probably Coinbase is going to leave. Probably a bunch of Kraken might leave. Or like yeah. everyone's going to start to incorporate. By the time laws get you know passed and stuff gets you know reinstituted, um, it'll probably be midway through the next U.S. presidential cycle. Like, let's say there's an election 2024. Hopefully there will be. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd have really big problems. But then say <laughs> someone like DeSantis or Trump or someone else like that gets in, some Republican gets into office, they're going to be scrambling to change things. And then maybe midway through 2025, you start to see something more friendly. But by that time, a lot of stuff will be gone. Uh, now, there's another option, which is, this is a very, very strange, um, um, I wouldn't say it's strange, but it's a, it's a nuance, a new nuance to this whole discussion is the federal versus state thing. So far, um, I think a, almost a third or around half, I don't know how many states, but a, a lot of U.S. states have legal marijuana. However, marijuana is federally illegal still. <laughs> And at first, Colorado was the first state to legalize recreational cannabis. And what happened was like in the early years, there was a lot of conflict with the federals, federal cops, because you Mm -hmm. had legally licensed operating cannabis dispensaries in Colorado getting raided by the federal police, the FBI, for example, or the the ATF, I should say, the different organization. But they were getting raided by the federal so the state's government two different governments saying different things and eventually there was enough like lack of cooperation from state authorities that the federal authorities they just kind of gave up and then more states and so every single state that decriminalizes or legalizes the sale of marijuana is not is going against the federal government's laws and so where it starts to get a little bit different though and so that's why the cannabis industry is largely a cash-only business, and banks are really scared to deal with cannabis these days, even today. Um, even though it's like mainstream and it's like going to be legal at any point, I guess, um, like federally, probably. But with crypto, what happens if you have a state like Wyoming or New Hampshire or Arizona or uh, Florida? That's another one. Uh, just start to draft much more friendly crypto laws, but not just that, ones that are direct nullification laws that directly say the federal gut, like that say, this is this despite what the federal government says. And so uh, like, for example, if you ex- there's already laws on the books in New Hampshire that exempts crypto businesses from having to register as money transmitters. 
and that's a federal thing. But you know, there's that too. There's uh, Ian Freeman, who a Free Talk Live, who got raided and is possibly facing prison because of this kind of stuff. And that's what the feds say, but the state kind of nullified it. So it, at some point, we'll have to see what happens. It could be that some crypto companies decide to take uh, to start operating in f- states that say they're not going to listen to the feds. However, the feds will still come into those states and attack us. So it's very risky. So I think that in even if that happens, I think that uh, the feds are going to s- cause enough problems to where a crypto company will be like, well, you say I'm legal, but you guys say I'm not, and you guys can still come in and arrest me even though you guys are not going to... Like, it's too risky. I'm going to stay out of the country until you figure it out. So that's just... I I just don't see it very bright for U.S. companies in crypto in the next, well, not all U.S. companies, but definitely ones that exchange crypto assets. I don't see it as a bright spot for them over the next five years, I guess. No. That's my, yeah. that's my prediction, I guess, my official prediction. I'd love to be wrong, but there you go. Yeah, because it seems like it, like the crypto in general, and then, you know, when it first started, I wasn't part of it. I wasn't looking at it. You know, yes, I heard about Bitcoin in 2010, but I never got into it or whatnot. So obviously, that started kind of a classic, you know, thing. You know, like an underground or like um, dark net type idea or whatever the case may be. But and now it seems like it, you know, it eventually got into like the DeFi, the like the pseudo bank pretty much like the nexo and celsius and those guys and now it seems like a lot of them are having issues and now it seems like we're going back to more like where it started where more classic coins like how i was kind of predicting that like recently like the the zcash dash you know like litecoin those kind of classic if we can say the coins would come back strong because you know um of the regulations and the way you can use it as opposed like monero and whatever else as opposed to you know like the the banks pseudo banks because they have to be registered and people won't go through them and it's going to be difficult and if you're let's say in canada in the us maybe like that oh that service i can't use so i gotta do something else but everyone could do like the monero zcash or whatever Right, so they could do all that stuff, but um, yeah, so that's that's what I'm thinking. That it's and it's good, I guess, for Dash as a whole and other cryptos like that. I think because it's coming back to uh, to um, to that. I think. Yeah, I definitely think that that's going to be a big thing. Where um, the less likely to be a security ones, the more decentralized assets are going to become more popular. Yeah. Because in the beginning, obviously, it was Bitcoin. And then everyone was trying to be based on Bitcoin. Well, it's like, well, we're doing what Bitcoin did, but with some tweaks. And even up to like 2017, no one really, everyone pretended to be decentralized still, even when they weren't. But then this last 2020, 2021 bull market, a lot of projects just like Solana just didn't even care. (laughs) Just like, I don't care. And we're not going to pretend. We're just, we're like a centralized shitcoin. We don't care. And then now that's going to be very risky in the future. And it's, it's going to be like a, a hipster thing where everyone's going back to driving like a manual transmission car. <laughs> it's going to be the yeah. hipster era of crypto. Um, but it's also, I think it's going to really sort of um, 
make it much more attractive for people to be paid in crypto for goods and services because that's not illegal. And right now it's just like everyone wants to be paid in fiat because that's what they pay their bills with. And then you're going to get a, a company that earns only crypto and just, okay, well, I'll just sell some and then I'll pay someone on, with fiat on the payroll side. And they just like, that's easy. However, in the future, first of all, it'll be a lot. And then say that someone wants to get paid in crypto, but they're like, you know what? I'll just get paid regularly. I won't mess with it. And I'll just buy crypto on the side. First off, if it becomes more difficult to buy crypto on the side, they will want to get paid in it. So they don't have to do that. And then yeah. the company, if the company finds it difficult to just sell crypto so they can pay their employees in fiat, they would rather just pay them straight in crypto. So I think it's going to start to, you know, it's going to be a lot, the fiat on-ramps for crypto are going to become a lot more difficult in the US. It's going to be constricted where it's not yeah. everyone's buying crypto. It's going to be a very much smaller percentage of people who sign up for these registered securities exchanges or whatever and they buy, and they buy i guess the one crypto that's not you know let's say bitcoin for example that's not considered a security well again we went over the nuance of their that before but they buy that then they just turn on their vpn plug into thorchain or maya or something go and swap it for whatever token they want and then it's there it's really going to yeah. segregate the crypto and fiat worlds more apart i think and it's also yeah. going to segregate the KYC crypto and the no KYC crypto world. It's just like, it's like cash with every small business. I don't know how much it, uh, it's like that in Canada, but in the US, every small business loves to pay to take payments in cash. And a lot of, I'm sure a lot of them don't report it at the end of the day. They're just like, oh yeah, I'll just take some cash. And so, I mean, obviously they mostly pay their taxes. I'm just saying, I'm just, what happens? So I think it'll start to become that with, with crypto too. It's just like, oh, well, yeah. can you send crypto to me from your self-custody wallet? Yeah, exactly. And that, that could even like be a thing where, you know, because um, now with the CBDC, they're trying to, you know, obviously avoid that make sure people like go through the system so they're recognized right so you can't just have someone doing renovation to your place and give him like a thousand bucks and all right here we go uh you did the work but you know it would have cost way more because then i have to declare it charge you some taxes on it and then so on so that could be that could be a thing where the crypto uh might come handy at that point to alleviate a bit of that uh not entirely um yeah but now there was also another article that oh, here I think go, I here shared with the, uh, the the EU. I'm, I'm I'm good at rolling things over to articles today. It seems. Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> so the yeah. EU votes for payment limits on anonymous crypto wallet transactions. It says EU lawmakers have voted in favor of imposing limits on transactions carried out by anonymous and unverified cryptocurrency users, i.e., anyone, as part of the bloc's new anti-moneying anti-money i'm tripping over my voice today anti-money laundering measures the measures are meant to prevent cryptocurrencies nfts and the metaverse from being utilized for financial crimes the new law prohibits traders from making or receiving anonymous crypto transfers exceeding 1000 euros which is large transactions are permitted if they can do the kyc but it says Crypto transfers between private individuals, such as large payments between friends, will still be allowed. 
that is a strange caveat and stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. first of all, what's your hot take on this thing? Well, uh, when I first read one of the uh, the first sentences there, it sounds like from being used for financial crimes, it seems like the only reason why you would use crypto would be to, <laughs> to commit crimes. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that, that, that twist sounded like that a bit. And it's like, yeah, oh, come on. Like, there's other ways to use like crypto than financial crimes. Like, you know, I've used crypto you know obviously not as you as you have in the last mm -hmm. few years but it's obviously not for crimes you know like i've used stuff on amazon and with like a dash uh, uh purchased uh, card and so on so it's like oh i didn't know that was crime right mm -hmm. <laughs> um yeah so it's kind of funny and then you allow people to uh between themselves no restriction is that what they were saying but that could be for that possible crime then so it's kind of a caveat that doesn't really make sense and mm -hmm. but again that's it goes in line with the the rest of the policies in general that it's not clearly defined it's not well thought it's not there's still works to be done you know when it comes to like policies and regulations so I'm not surprised and it's kind of funny at times when you hear them talk about it mm -hmm. yeah that's for sure um, one thing that I think is strange about these laws and stuff, right? Because laws don't make sense, right? They, they're they creating a framework that they think just makes sense. It just sounds good on paper. They like what they can do. It It's divorced from the reality of what will happen if they enact these rules. But it's... So first of all, if you're making payments or transfers of over a thousand euros, you need to register. If not... You're fine, but like, how many transfers of a thousand euros can you make? At what point does it make? Like, I know in the the U.S. has similar cash payment laws, where I believe you can make payments of up to ten thousand, under ten thousand dollars. If it hits ten thousand dollars, you have to like notify the IRS that you're making this big thing. Or if you look like you're structuring a payment, that's the the terminology, where you do like three different payments of like 4,000 to like break it up. So you stay under the, you know, that make that makes it look like that. Then they can still report you, for example. And so <laughs> I'm sure it's something like that where you can make as many payments as you want of under a thousand euros, as long as it doesn't look like you're clearly trying to get around the law. The other thing when it says payments to friends and family will still large crypto transfers yeah. will still be allowed. So if I want to send, I mean, you're my buddy. What if I send you like 8,000 euros worth of stuff because I really like you one day? It's just like, okay, well, I don't have to register because you're my friend. And then you just like, I'm conspicuously like, you're just doing so much work for production work for me on the side for like the next couple of years for some reason. Like, ah, just because he's my friend. Like at what point, at what point <laughs> is it ridiculous, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can give him like all the money because uh, it's it's kind of a friend of a friend of a friend <laughs> or or whatnot, and I'm not going through that service. Um, yeah, I guess they could track it with like uh, at stores and online and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it's, it's kind of shaky. So they're, I think they're trying to bring regulations, but I don't know if it makes sense really. Like uh, you know, when it comes to using it. Um, I mean, they said those restrictions and, and banks still, like, you know, okay, well, you're only allowed 10 grand uh, 
or for 24 hours or depending like i'm, I'm pushing it a bit because it's probably not that much um but i'm just giving a, a number and then you got to ask to lift that because you've got a special transaction you got to make because uh, you did house innervation and it costs like 25 grand so you gotta call them in advance to make sure it goes through um, yeah but yeah it seems like it's all like it's a bunch of not nonsense but it's not really defined and it's kind of yeah yeah uh as a final thing on that note um the european parliament um put a tweet about these crypto regulations and coinbase quote tweeted this and said um the european parliament's adoption of mica whatever that is is a pivotal moment for crypto regulation this comprehensive framework will give crypto organizations the confidence to invest and grow in the region. So it sounds like Coinbase likes these new rules. Yeah. Yeah. And you know why they like these new rules? Well, first of all, because they just like rules so they can operate. That's number one. Second, these rules yeah. hurt competitors. Because if they're a license, if they're Coinbase is a KYC platform that not only lets you buy and sell and trade and all that kind of stuff, but has a Coinbase wallet that's tied to your account that you can that they encourage you to use to send and receive. So if I want to send to you, like say I have a Coinbase account, I want to send to you in your Edge wallet or whatever, um, I can only send up under a thousand euros before you know I have to like do KYC on you or like show that I know who you are. But if you have a Coinbase account, I can send as much as I want to you because we're mm -hmm. both registered. We're both we're not anonymous now. And guess what? Coinbase yeah. Coinbase wins out big in that situation. So just when we're talking about poor Coinbase and I have to leave the US and all this stuff, they're kind of into the crony stuff a little bit too, it might seem. No, oh, yeah. Yeah, when it comes to uh, doing business, it's hard to uh, to stay like decentralized. Like it seems like if and then for people that, you know, have invested or whatever in crypto per se, and it's not financial advisement or anything, but it seems like, uh, you know, it seems like they, if they uh, invest and um, I think I lost my train of thought there, but um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, what was I going after? I had uh, something that I wanted to say. Um, um, I don't know. We're but... talking about Coinbase and how they brought they benefit from regulation in this case yeah yeah so the these companies obviously they, they they have to run like different things the same thing as centralized coins it seems like you, yes you're going to get more returns because they're a ceo or a business running the show running the marketing getting partnerships and so on but it seems that if you go after like a decentralized now you're not getting that but you're not getting the return so it's like obviously coinbase is more of a company with like partnerships and so on and, and yeah and it seems like obviously they're going to comply with some of the rules and try to use that into a, their advantage if i can say um mm -hmm. yeah so i recovered my uh what i wanted to talk about yeah so essentially that's what that is because i was as we see now you know besides a few different coins we've seen a lot of older coins kind of dying you know there's a bunch there's a few developers working on the project but it's still decentralized and everything but you know hasn't seen a bull market in the last 
five or six years and we don't know if it's going to die or not but it's still decentralized and they don't have any partnerships so there's a big like um mm -hmm. difference between the, the two types of projects but obviously coinbase is more towards that type where it's like a you know it's obviously a company obviously they're not crypto but they're going to do more regulated stuff and be on that side of the fence if yeah that for makes sure. sense. yeah it definitely does interesting times we live in for sure um, this is probably a good time to wrap this whole thing up. Uh, where can people find more about your stuff? It's Shilla Clock. Yeah, Shilla Clock. Yeah, that's right. You told me about that. Um, yeah, I wish I could. Uh, maybe I'll put it in the uh, in the YouTube description. But I'm mm -hmm. I could be uh, like I'm active on Twitter quite a bit. Uh, it's at uh, Syl Cloutier. So, oh yeah, you see my name there. So, you see the last name there. It's just Syl Cloutier. Mm -hmm. So that's my handle on on Twitter. You can find me on there. Share the the different um, videos i'm you know i'm pretty much active in you know many uh, communities and, and and so on i try to be active trying to learn as much as possible and i'm also a host of um, well i used to call it zone crypto crypto zone mm -hmm. but it's la vie en bloc now which is like la vie en rose i don't know if you've heard of that yeah so it's kind of a, a way of living you know, and then that was kind of my idea with like la vie en bloc which is like living with you know blocks or however you want to think about it. I was referring to obviously blockchain and, and crypto. Um, so I, w I wanted to, to, to bring it like a step further than just like talking about crypto, but like living, living it. So that was kind of the idea. So I'm doing that one in French and obviously I'm, I'm targeting more like the, the beginners, you know, trying to get introduced to like wallets and uh, learn about that stuff, not to be scared when, you know, sending a transaction, nowhere to go, nowhere to get wallets, uh, cold wallets, the different types. I've been running like uh, different tutorials uh, as of late, trying to, you know, really get that the beginner in it. Obviously, I can, you know, later on touch a bit more advanced stuff. But, um, yeah, I'm focusing in, in French for that one because, I don't know, I decided that is a small crowd for now. But I think if uh, uh, you can help, you know, obviously, uh, if you see my post uh, tweets on, on Twitter, you can just share them. And obviously, that's, you know, you may not speak uh, um, uh, French, but if you share it to other people, obviously, people will, will see it and eventually be part of it and, you know, um, yeah, and I could go on like any podcast. I'm I'm good in English as well, so I can do that mm -hmm. definitely. And um, yeah, so it's really about that that new show that I'm going for, trying to get a new crowd, uh, be part of. Like I'm trying to uh, discuss with other like like I know there was a Z Global Z Cash Global. I think mm -hmm. uh, there's a like there's French communities and different little uh, cryptos and and so on. So I'm trying to get active in that, trying to form like. A, a Franco discussion eventually to, yeah. you know, that, but again, I'm, I'm also active in the English side as well, whenever I need to. And it's obviously uh, a solid 98% of it is in English. So that's, that's totally fine. Okay. Well, great. Well, thanks yeah. for tuning in. Uh, I got to do the Zcash podcast with Naomi Brockwell next, i.e. like in like three minutes. So hop off to yeah. that link. It's going to be a good time. Thanks very much, Sylvan. Everyone have a great weekend yeah. and watch the other podcast. I'll see you guys around. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>